0: so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, Genius Leader, welcome to a solo episode. After listening for, uh, to our conversations with Jonas about MindKicker for three weeks, I'm super happy to come back here on, uh, uh, on my own and share something that is on my mind, that is probably on the mind of a lot of you, And uh, if not for directly your own life, but then for someone who is dear and near to you in your surroundings, we'll be talking about burnout and pleasure from work. And this conversation will be a bit of me thinking out loud and processing out loud because I got some new, I got to know about some new topic aspects last week. And I had some conversations about that aspect in the corporate trainings i had last week also in some uh, other conversations i had with people in my network and i just feel like i need to process more what we're getting to here <laughs> and what it means to our well-being our productivity at work our career path and what it means for us as humans in general so we'll be talking about this phrase of do what you love and you will never have to work a day in your life i've never had very positive experience with this phrase. It somehow rubs me all the time. And uh, these insights from the last week show me what might be the reason to that rubbing and why it might be somehow a problem for me to look at work like that. So the whole topic about, of uh, doing what you love is very popular right now. You probably have seen a lot of posts uh, or po- posters, those inspirational quotes and so on with this quote or some version of it. And what I feel is challenged challenge with it is that it sounded like we have to do 100% of what we love to be able to enjoy our work. And that just sounded unrealistic to me. That sounded like a stress factor, <laughs> like something that most people will never be able to reach. And that brought the question to me, why would we promote it then? And how can we promote it in a healthier, more sustainable way? Can people enjoy parts of their work and be happy with the work in general based on that? And if yes, then what what kind of proportions are we talking about? What kind of tasks are we talking about? And so on. And some of those questions got answered to me last week. So I was listening to this book called Nine Lies About Work. I will link it in the show notes so that you can also review it. I really enjoyed that because it gave different perspective on the things that we talk a lot about. In the workplace. So one of those slides was about this the, what you love and work-life balance. And the study that they mentioned there, one of them, was done by Mayo Clinic, who looked at the uh, doctors and uh, the burnout rates, or burnout, prox- uh, proximity to burnout, so to say. And uh, the shocking part for me was that they found that doctors need of their work to be enjoyable and meaningful for the person to have much lower risk of burnout. So think about it. Fifth of your work needs to be enjoyable and purposeful for you to be on a safe side when it comes to burnout. And I think here it might be good to pause for the definition of the burnout, which is another thing that I kept thinking a lot about recently. And I'm doing a I'm reading out a definition by the World Health, Health Organization, and they define burnout as a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It is characterized by three dimensions, according to the World Health Organization. Feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job, or feelings of negative negativism and cynicism related to one's job. And reduced professional efficacy. So I wanted to emphasize this part from chronic workplace stress. That was interesting for me that World Health Organization specifies that it's phenomenon in the occupational context, and it should not be applied to describe experiences in other areas of life. And that got me thinking, how much are we using this word in other contexts? That we have burnout from our family, for example. From managing too much at the same time. I see a lot of um, friends of ours who have two or three kids and every kid has to go to several different clubs and you suddenly become a personal driver or chauffeur to your kids. And in the same time, at the same time, you need to manage your work that is usually more than 100% workload and so on and so forth. So how the hell <laughs> is that related to the burnout? And even if you take away the work part of that, the family life can also stress people out and not be handled well so what word should be used for, for that i'm just really curious about why world health organization thought that way and why did they not suggest any alternative to use in other as terms to use in other areas of our life when we feel this chronic stress and we we don't manage it well and we get the same the same dimensions or characteristics like the f- feelings of energy depletion loss of connection to what we do and so on and so forth. So this is something that is on my mind. Why are we talking about burnout specifically in the workplace? Should we do it? Should we not? And as I said in the beginning, it's, it's me thinking out loud right now. I don't have the answers. I would like you to ponder on that. How are you using the word burnout? And what do you put into that word? In which areas are you using it? Do you feel like it's the right way to use it in all areas of life? Do you feel like it's uh, good to, limited to specifically the uh, occupational context of our lives. I don't know. I would love to discuss it with different people who, who are in the research of the topic, who have been going through the burnout, uh, see how much of that has been affected specifically by their work and whether the other parts of their life have been contributing to the burnout. And if yes, how should we call the, those other parts and those contributors versus the occupational part, which is the burnout? I'm, I'm just really curious about this topic. We feel that, I feel like we're talking a lot about that, but maybe we're operating with the wrong definitions in the beginning, in the first place, and that might create some confusion and might lead us to wrong decisions and wrong, uh, asking wrong questions. As one of the previous guests on, on the show, Chabatov, was saying, your brain was saying, Uh, Your brain is like uh, the search engine. Uh, The quality of the answers depends on the quality of the questions. So it will give you the answer that you need, uh, but you need to ask the right way. So if we are misusing the word burnout, are we then asking ourselves the wrong questions and solving the wrong kind of problems? This is something I would love to explore more. And let me know if you're interested in that, and I will line up some guests and maybe some even panel, panel, panel discussions to discuss just that. But with that, if we go back to what I mentioned from the Nine Lies about workbook and their quote of the uh, Mayo Clinic research, 20% of your work time that should be loved by you and feel purposeful and meaningful. I was having those uh, corporate workshops last week and I asked, I added that slide just before the workshops. In fact, out of three groups that I had from the same company, I uh, asked that for the two groups, because I listened to this part of the book after the first workshop. And I ended the slide about that to discuss that, like how many, how much of the, of your work are you enjoying? And people were giving me much higher percentages than 20%. And then I shared this piece of information with them, that, this finding from Mayo Clinic, and they were shocked. They were like, all right, so we are actually good. And for me, this 20% number was shocking because it was so permission giving. If you think about that in the context of the phrase, do what you love, it means weave in 20% of what you love into the work you do, and it will be fine. This is quite a different conversation. And in those workshops, we discussed with them that maybe this is why younger professionals, those people who are just entering the work life right now, so typically Gen Z uh, representatives, they have grown up on this phrase, do what you love, and you'll not have to work a single day. And we're noticing how much they're changing their workplaces. And quite often, we have those jokes on, or like we've seen those on the TikTok videos and so on, like, you know, the different stereotypes of, of different generations in the workplace. And for, for Gen Z, the joke is usually about, oh yeah, I didn't like the vibe about the company and the left. And we just, we're so snobby about this. But hey, maybe we have actually created this problem that people have learned from early on while still being at school or so from social through social media, through those motivational posters they see in different places, maybe even on the walls of their parents' rooms or whatnot, that you're supposed to love your work. And when it sounds like that, it sounds like you're supposed to love 100% of your work. And then they just keep searching. And I see a huge danger in that, if that is really the case. If we have brought up the next generation of professionals with the expectation to love 100% of their job. We're screwed. Guys, we are. (laughs) I'm sorry if it sounds pessimistic, but that's just the case. Quite often, even if you love what you do, if you have decided for yourself, if you designed your work for yourself, there will inevitably be parts that are a bit less fun. It might be that you love creating But you need to summarize and brush up the project before you deliver it to the client, for example. And you don't like that brushing up part. You just want to create all the time and so on and so forth. There could be so many examples. For me, I absolutely love my work with clients, whether it is one-to-one work, whether it is the trainings that I do and workshops. But there are so many parts in my work that, that are tougher, that I do need to discipline myself to do, be it the admin parts, the financials of my business, reporting and accounting. Or it is about the uh, consistency with posting. I would love to be just like, you know, spontaneously post now and then. But to build a stable brand, which I feel like I have succeeded quite well, you need to be consistent. You need to be structured. You need to have a systems. And those things are not like something I absolutely love. But I know that they bring me closer to my goal of making a bigger impact in the world to create healthier workplaces and happier people who lead those workplaces. And for that, those parts of running a business are needed. So for me, it's definitely much more than 20%. But I have been expecting or comparing my reality of what I love and how much I love of my work to the expectation of 100%. And of course, I was not winning that comparison. So think about it for yourself. How much of your work do you find meaningful and do you love? Percentage-wise, just to make an estimate and think about it. Are you putting pressure on yourself to love 100%? Do you feel like you could enjoy the rest that you're not loving as much, a bit tiny little bit more, based on this knowledge that you are getting in this episode, that you're safe, you are good. It's all right to not love 100% of your job and still be healthy, be productive in it, enjoy it. Can we land into this expectation and adjust it to be... Nicer to ourselves, to be more gentle <laughs> and kinder to ourselves, so that we get to show up for the work and feel okay and not look elsewhere. If there are those meaningful parts of our job that we love, and if you feel like it's still too low for you, maybe you are under 20%, maybe you are over 20%, but you feel like, okay, it's still not enough for me, then can you? Get a bit more empowerment for yourself, the sense of I can actually redesign something so that it becomes more pleasurable. It can be about trying to find someone who can compliment you on your team and deciding between the two of you, for example, that you take part of their job and they take part of your job, your job, so that you get more of what you love and they get what, more of what they love doing and they're good at. Maybe you can talk to your manager about taking a bit of different approach to your work and your tasks. Maybe it is about redesigning your role gradually. And the thing is that quite often we feel like yeah but I don't have a say in that. This needs to be done for the company. The thing is if you manage to do a bit more of what you love, you get more energy and the other things get done quicker and with more ease. So sometimes you can keep that role that the company needs, but do it in a more optimal way. Thanks to all the energy that you have generated through things you love. And again, I'm not trying to say like, yeah, take extra on you and work 150 percent and so on. No, it's about those tiny little changes, those micro steps, those small mind shifts that you can make to actually make uh, that actually make a big difference for your satisfaction from your work, for your energy levels when you leave your work, so that it's not like you're the the brightest, the the most cheerful person um, in the workplace during the work time, and then you come home and you're like, uh, and you know your shoulders are like rounded and heavy, and you're just not happy person to be around, and your parent or you're, you're a parent to kids, and you're just snapping at them and you're just grudging with your partner and whatever, and you don't have the energy for your hobbies. It's not about that, right? We want to have the energy when we leave our workplace, and those small shifts in our mindset, in our awareness, and sometimes in our actions can help us a lot to stay energetic throughout the day and end the day on that note as well, on the positive note, not getting into the depth day after day after day after day, energetically, relationship-wise, and so on. So I want to leave you with this food for thought. First one, what is burnout? Do you agree with the World Health Organization that we should keep this word specifically for the occupational context, so work-related stress? If yes, what should we use for other areas of our life that stress us out and we can't handle them in a healthy way? If no, should we somehow talk to a World Health Organization about that? If you have ever experienced a burnout, what was your, uh, what is your take on that? And if you... Are willing to share it on the show, please reach out to me and let's let's go have a conversation about that. I want us to understand this topic better, be more aware of it, so that as I said, we can ask ourselves the right questions and we can be solving the right problems for ourselves. And sometimes it is about getting a, a little bit better awareness about some things, getting deeper insights into ourselves that will help us get healthier and more sustainable. And then the second part to ponder upon is. How much of your work are you loving and finding meaningful and purposeful? Do you feel like that's enough for you? How can you handle the stress of the rest better, knowing that statistically 20% is enough for you to be on a safe side regarding the burnout? If you're too low with those percent of what you love in your tasks and in your work, how can you up that number? And again, it can be a mindset shift. Some people talked about in the workshops last week that it's just focusing more on the people because for them, the people they work with, the people with whom they solve all the problems in the very dynamic environment that their industry suggests, that's what they love. That's what they really appreciate. And just coming to work and thinking about it, I get to solve the problems, whatever comes to, to our, uh, on our table today with these amazing people. And we can have fun doing that. Maybe just focusing on that on a daily basis can up your percentage already without changing anything in your actions. So reflect on that this week. How can you up that number? How can you make the less enjoyable and less meaningful parts of your job more soft? I was looking for this gentle word, softer on your mental health. And how can you minimize their impact on Your satisfaction from your job. And I hope that you can reach out with those insights and your reflections, whether you write to me in person or you comment to my post about this episode on LinkedIn, which I will put out on the same day when the episode is released. I would love to know your relationship with that. And if you have good suggestions on whom I should talk to regarding the topic of burnout, regarding the topic of satisfaction at work, please let me know about that. And I'm more than happy to have that conversation with those people. Have the beautiful rest of your week. Enjoy the Easter if you're celebrating that. And I'll see you on the other side. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Genius Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button. Please rate, review, and share to help more people discover the show and become the better leaders. For more conversations about living in your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others, and it is my honor to be a guide in overcoming everything.